Hey everyone and welcome to my podcast Out of Sight. I'm Sarah and no matter who you are, where you're from, what you look like, this is your safe space. Here people come to tell stories, share experiences and use their voices for the greater good. The vision is always to inspire one person every episode. If that's you, remember to give me a follow and maybe I'll see you on here soon. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Out of Sight. Today we have Macy Stewart on and I'm so excited because it's Black History Month and you're the first person to come on for that month so I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you for having me. So you said you're 23 and you're from Belfast. Yes I am. Mm -hmm. And you're a photographer. I am indeed, yep. (laughs) So how how did you get into that then? Was it always something you were passionate about or? No, not even. Like I've always been creative. Um, And yeah, I dropped out of school at, I think I was like 17, literally just turned 17 and I had a camera so I just started taking photos like it was kind of like the only thing that was kind of giving me anything to do after I dropped out of school I didn't leave with a plan so yeah I literally only had my camera and yeah it just kind of stemmed from there and I just kind of realized I really enjoyed it mm-hmm. and I stuck at it um but I never thought it would be a job like I kind of just naturally I don't know like took that turn and then I was like oh I actually enjoy it so <laughs> stuck yeah. it. yeah I remember whenever I was with Antipode and I remember like they were doing test shirts and stuff and I always, anytime I seen that you were a photographer, I was like, please, like, please, like, get me into one. But um, no, I've seen your stuff, it's unreal. And do you have like a, is there any like thing you've worked on or any type of collaboration you've done that's like your favourite that like sticks out to you so far? Yeah, like definitely this year, like I've been lucky to work on um some really exciting stuff. Um. But I worked on a project with one of my closest friends, Peter. Um, we worked on, a, what do you call it? Like a commission for um, the Dead Rabbit. So that's been my favourite thing so far. It's not out yet. Um, but that by far has been my most favourite thing. It's been very stressful because like I had to plan it all as well. But um, yeah, it was, it's like a short film and photos as well. So yeah, that's my favourite so far, I think. Yeah. And how did you find like becoming a photographer then in Ireland I know I spoke to a few other photographers and they were like oh people were like what are you doing like <laughs> did you get that or was yours all like you just wanted to do it like what was your experience I think because it came out of it came more out of passion and not like oh I want to actually do it as a job mm-hmm. I didn't actually think oh I need to put a lot of like how do you put it like I didn't put myself under a lot of stress because it was like, it's not my career. Like for ages, it wasn't actually something I was like, oh, this is what I'll actually work towards. So there wasn't that pressure. But obviously then in the past couple of years where it has been, like my, it has been my my job, like I don't do anything else. Um, Then there's obviously a lot more pressure because Mm -hmm. like there's not a massive fashion industry here. So it's kind of like doing jobs that I wouldn't necessarily have thought I would have actually went down the route of so a lot more commercial um but yeah it's it's tough enough like I think because the industry here isn't that big mm-hmm. and then obviously when you have people that have been working here a lot longer as photographers they make their name and they're the ones obviously that are getting jobs but I think once you kind of steer your own path then you're kind of booking the clients that um you want to work with and they want to work with you so it's more consistent so yeah. it just depends, but it, it isn't like the ideal place to be, unfortunately, like for um probably majority of creative things, unfortunately. Yeah. 
And have you found the community in Belfast is good? Because I think I've seen like a lot more pages and stuff popping up, and then I've seen the um the women of color in Belfast that group and stuff. Like, do you think that like have you seen a change from when you started to now in terms of that community side of things? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there was whenever I was first starting out, um, it was really only because of one group that I kind of stuck at it. Um, they were all kind of doing fashion and it like, you know, they had all been to uni and had like a big studio space and I would have just hung out there. Um, so it was definitely like an organic way to start. Whereas now you're kind of seeing people like women of colour and it's bringing more and more people together. Do you know what I mean? Rather mm-hmm. than like little niche groups of people, it's like everybody's just welcome to do whatever, but it's also for work. Yeah. Yeah. So I, Yeah, it's good. And you said um, that you want to move to Paris. Is that like, yeah. does that tie into like some of the reasons? Like, as you said, like it can be difficult as a creative in Ireland. Why you someday want to move? Yeah, I think that's kind of a tough question because I think like I've literally only been there once, but have known like I want to live there for so long. Um, you know, when you're just kind of drawn to a place. Mm-hmm. In regards to work, I think it is just a, it probably is a great place to be. I say probably because I've never actually experienced working there. Um, but yeah, just very drawn to the place. I think even if I wasn't doing photography, if I was doing something else, I would still be drawn to Paris. Yeah. Um, but I'm still kind of driven to move out of Belfast and see what the rest of the world's like because here's so small. Mm-hmm. There's there's so many more opportunities out there, but I think you still can make a good life for yourself here. That's you know. Yeah, I think that's something I noticed because I I'm in London, but I was very like I'm staying here, and then I went home in September like for a few weeks. Yeah. And I, was, like, I actually think you could make it here, and like I've I noticed there is sense of community now and it's really nice to see Definitely, yeah. um you said you're half Jamaican and then your mom's side are from Belfast mm-hmm. so how did you find growing up then in Ireland as mixed race do you, is that do you do you classify as mixed race yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's something that we can all kind of agree with that it's just it's a mixed bag of emotions like you don't like it's home like we all like still obviously love it um, but yeah, it's just a mix kind of experience of loving it and hating it at the exact same time, mm-hmm. kind of holding a lot of resentment towards the place, but still love it. Like yeah. I, I did really struggle whenever I was younger growing up. Um, I think cause you're trying to figure out your whole identity and because I didn't like, didn't have my dad's side of the family here. I'm just surrounded by all my white family. So it was like, you know, just having so many questions about yourself and, you know, what does that mean growing up here? Like, yeah, it's, I literally can't even put it into words. I think we can all kind of relate to it and that it's just, yeah, you just yeah. so many things. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, especially mixed race people um, that I've spoke to, I think it's that like added, not added maybe like in a different level it's like a lot of my race people I've talked to has just grew up with their white their white family including me so I think there is a big sense of identity crisis because you're like you look different but then you're also trying yeah. to like identity crisis yeah. I was like oh yeah um yeah, did you like feel going through an identity crisis or did you always own like I know for me mine was my hair I had straight hair did you go through that phase or was it all like yeah, I mean, so many girls have said they've went through that kind of phase of relaxing the hair and stuff, and 
my mum didn't like well actually I think I only ever straightened my hair once and I can remember the night that we did it and I was like nope never again hate it (laughs) (laughs) but yeah my mum was always just very good at kind of embracing my curls and like making sure that I did as well Mm -hmm. obviously like face bullying and stuff for it but it, it never actually made me afraid to like wear my hair like I always wear it up in like this pineapple you know thing um and like always wore braids and little mm-hmm. twists and stuff like that um but that's not to say I still did like I still felt the kind of insecurity that came with mm-hmm. your hair and owning everything that kind of came with it but it definitely has been like such a long process to like get to the point of just feeling comfortable with it yeah, I've seen this quote and it was like, if you see a black woman that's confident, don't put her down because it took her a long time to get to that point. And I was like, yes. <laughs> it has took us way too long. <laughs> and it is funny because one little comment will set you back. Yeah. You know, like you kind of have to pick yourself up and remind yourself, like, come on, like, it's took a long time to get here. Yeah, yeah. and that's such, I think, as you're growing up at such a young age, you don't really think like that and it takes, was it for you, like, was there a turning point where you got to that point where you I think it's always like in the back of your head where you're like some comments will still upset you but have you got to a point where it's like a bit like easier yeah I think well I went to Jamaica with my dad um because my grandma and granddad moved back out there um and yeah me and my dad went in 2008 so I was actually like eight or nine um and yeah, just kind of seeing everybody just rocking their natural hair, like twists, kind of like the way you've got your hair, like things like mm-hmm. that. It just kind of really drilled it into my head. Like, okay, well, everyone hair, everyone's hair is like this here. And everyone's hair is very straight back at home. And my hair is like this. Mm-hmm. I'm in Jamaica that literally everyone looks so beautiful. Like why why would I ever question that that's not beautiful? And then obviously, you know, in between that age of being eight and then a few years later going into high school and you're kind of knocked back again and then you have to work through that and then you're knocked back again and then actually coming into an industry that I can actually photograph people that have their natural hair or they have braids, like that kind of thing. It's just complete full circle. Mm-hmm. it was like you kind of embrace it and then you're not back embracing it you're not back and then actually like getting to a point where I'm like no I actually want to photograph all this like it's it's actually beautiful like why why does it take us so so much turmoil to actually get to this point mm-hmm. it's a good question yeah. <laughs> you need to do some journaling on that <laughs> <laughs> And do you think then you tie you tie your photography in with that side of things? Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, I probably could have done it a lot more. Um, but you know, I have loads of different plans that I kind of want to do, like bigger projects on that kind of thing. But again, I think it kind of takes a lot of reflection because I want to like make it really impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I have plans to, like do even more stuff with it, but. Yeah, I, like, try to tie it in as much. And obviously, like, being a young black woman, like, you kind of want to bring more diversity into things, you know, when it comes to shoots that are happening. And you kind of see majority of the models are white. I'm like, can we maybe mix it up a little bit? So getting to have that bit of a say is mm-hmm. really, really important, I think, yeah. Have you been in that situation where you have had to 
say about like diversity in the shoots or have they all been quite no they've, they've actually all been quite good I think maybe only once um where I maybe had to step in and just say you know can we, can we just I would recommend these people so you kind of do it in a subtle way but yeah. um yeah I could like I've had loads of messages from people saying oh do you know any black models and like <laughs> it really doesn't take much to actually look <laughs> quite a good view here <laughs> yeah. so yeah I guess like well, getting better but yeah I remember after um the BLM movement during lockdown and there was just like an influx of black models and like I remember having people on the, in the podcast and they were like they were torn between do they want me or is it like the token black girl and it's that yeah. battle I think now you can kind of suss out by looking the past things they've had out and stuff but yeah. I do remember that was like a big thing yeah um, oh, yeah how have you found the the photography industry in general in general I guess like I haven't had like a proper taste of it outside of here um mm. so it's quite limited but I would say that it is it's there's a lot of competition um but yeah like in the past I want to say like nine months I've kind of been having a whole identity crisis with the whole photography like I am starting to get more into directing and I absolutely love that um so yeah, I'm trying to like you know make sense of everything because I've, I've been doing photography for so long now mm-hmm. that for like I want to say like six years um but then like only two years two three years is my job and yeah I think like trying to like comfort myself that it's okay if it's not like my thing do I really mm-hmm. work so hard at it and then now I'm like oh do I still want to do it I don't know <laughs> and what is it about directing that's like drawn you in I think it's so similar to photography in the the stuff that I have worked on this year, like none of it has came out yet, so like hopefully it'll come out before the end of the year. Um it's pretty much like what I would do in photography, I would do in a film. So it's like it's kind of similar, but there's a lot more content and like, you know, I guess it's not just looking at a picture and then people just scroll away from it or you know, it's it's actually like I don't know how to explain it. I actually don't know how to explain it, but I know I, I enjoy it a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Do you have any, like, do you have, like, a goal of what you would like your directing mm-hmm. side things to go in? Big question. It is a big question, but I think because this year I have done, like, a lot of reflecting on it. Um, I definitely want to take it still down the same route of what I would do with photography, and that's fashion. Like, that's all I'm interested in. Um, But kind of, like, fashion mixed with like narrative stuff it's hard to explain um but yeah like I, I love stuff that's like kind of spoken word over mm-hmm. visuals um you know there's like a good few photographers that are directors and that's what they would do so like there's there's one guy Gabriel Moses or Gabriel Moses um and he's a photographer slash director I guess and his work is literally like the photos and in the videos are just his photos and movement mm-hmm. um so that's the kind of thing that I'm kind of drawn to yeah did I see as well did you take part in uh was it like a documentary or something like that with the... yeah yes 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 yeah yeah um oh I was just taking photos I didn't do much on that but yeah um 
absolutely loved being part of that though. That looked amazing. Lou did such a great job on that. Like the whole team did. Really just for anyone listening, can you just explain what it was? Just in case they're like, what are they talking yeah. about? <laughs> it was Black Northern Irish and Pride. Um, and BBC One actually took that. Um, like it was all made. And then I think BBC One took it and they edited it and then shown it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there was like, there were so many people that they interviewed. Um, and it was just about growing up and being black here. Um, but yeah, some of the some of the stories that people were telling, like it would have you sitting in tears. Like they didn't even have enough time to show half of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was cool. That's like the amazing thing as well about like like sitting in a room and talking with people. It just reminds you like of other people's experiences and can kind of put things into perspective. And I think it's just a nice sense of like I'm not the only one that's felt like this. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. Um, I remember I had a guy on few episodes ago and he grew up um mixed race during the troubles right. and even hearing that is another whole different yeah narrative that i'd never heard i was like this is mad mm. so i can just imagine what that would have been like that many people yeah. Oh, yeah. Their- yeah like with the documentary there was just so many different like ages different backgrounds like yeah it kind of blows your mind that we're all although like we're all very different i think when you're mixed race or black whatever we all like have something so mutual like so uncommon mm-hmm. um yeah it's a bit scary <laughs> like yeah when I actually think about it yeah I literally ask everyone that comes on this because I know what the answer is going to be but have you ever got asked the question of where are you really from whenever they hear the accent oh my god yeah and people are so confused whenever that like you know, what was I was shooting <laughs> I was shooting up in Ballycastle for a short film and it was like the whole team were American but then kind of like the the t- the crew behind the camera were all from here mm-hmm. and the one guy that was kind of like letting us in to the location I ended up talking to him and he was like huh what what part of America are you from and I was like oh I'm not from America and he was like Oh, and he was just so confused. Like, it just wasn't re- like register in his head that I was from here. Like, you know, a, a, like sometimes people are just like a, a black woman. Like, from some people just can't compute it. Like, they, yeah. they can't understand it. Um, and then there was another time I was getting my hair done, and this guy came into the salon, a white guy, and I hadn't spoke the whole time because I was just sitting there getting my hair done. He was talking to the hairdresser, and. Then he had asked me something and I spoke and he was like, and he just was really taken aback and his face just completely showed it. And he was like, I didn't expect that voice to come out of a black woman. And I was like, like just at some point I was like, and he was like, no, I don't mean that in a bad way. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, yeah. Always, that's always a comment. Oh, I, did, I didn't mean it like that. Like, well, you did. <laughs> well you kind of did yeah even if it's like subconsciously I don't think sometimes people realize that they're even what they say sometimes yeah but yeah that question it's just even today like I thought like not today today but like in today's society I thought like maybe people would like know a lot more but no I still get it all the time it's mad yeah I kind of thought like after like BLM in 2020 it was kind of like taking a turn for the better but yeah no did you see like a change in is Hollywood in Belfast? It's literally just like ten minutes 
Did you did you see like a change in Belfast society after the BLM movement? I definitely did with some people, like, or maybe a lot of people did kind of go away and try to educate themselves, but then it kind of took a turn where people thought, oh, well, I have a black friend, so it's their kind of job to educate me. Mm-hmm. Um, And that just became so exhausting. Like, I don't know about you, like, if you found it just really mm-hmm. true. And even, like, seeing loads of content online about it and then you know family are talking about it friends are talking about it it's like you kind of feel like oh is it all just up for debate now that we're all just talking about it and that I have to kind of explain certain things to people I don't know it's just heavy yeah I think for me as soon as it happened well whenever that was all happened I started posting maybe for like a year on and off and then just got to the point where I was like I actually can't because you're, people are just arguing back all the time and it is as you said it's exhausting to have to keep like justifying yourself and explaining yourself so I was just like I just need a break and I think even with this podcast sometimes I have to like take a break from talking about these type of topics because it does get heavy oh yeah, um, yeah. and as you said it's not our job to educate either exactly yeah like I think in a way I found that there were certain things that were being brought up that it was almost like re-traumatizing yeah you know, like, you know, people talking about their childhoods and talking about, like, you know, bringing up their children. And, like, it was just so much about childhood and then growing up. It's like there was all these things that were kind of being unlocked that mm-hmm. we're having to actually just listen to it. Yeah. Or like, actually confront it because, you know, even when you try to kind of talk about these things with family, like, I don't know if you'd be the same, like, obviously with your um, upbringing, being quite similar did you say your wife family would be yeah I grew up in my family yeah um so even the conversations with family as much as they mean well it can still be really heavy to kind of talk about well actually growing up I find this really difficult and I find school really difficult yeah and you know things that were maybe being said that they just would have found funny you know I don't know it's a strange one it's like a case of what you didn't say it at the time. I didn't like you didn't say this is annoying at the time. You're like, because we, we didn't know. Like I didn't know that was offensive back then. Exactly. Yeah. Like Which I is had really friends that would have made jokes and said that, um, I was like a mongrel and it was like funny to them. Mm-hmm. Then at the time, I just didn't say anything because it was like, well, do I even have a leg to stand on? Like mm-hmm. it's a joke. It's only a joke. Yeah. But now, like actually thinking about that's a disgusting thing to say you wouldn't say that to anyone yeah but back then it was like you nearly kind of let it decide just to not be the center of attention I think exactly yeah yeah it's, it is tricky and it, that's why I think it's good to have like conversations like this where we're talking about this but also like amplifying the black creators in Ireland as well so it wasn't for you that you're slaying the game oh, thank you likewise <laughs> likewise do you have any um any advice or tips for someone that wants to get into like the photography industry? Photography in particular, I think anything creative, just go for it. You know, if you have the means and the resources to kind of even just pick up a camera or even if you have like a phone, like I did a workshop and it was for young people that just even had a phone um, to just take photos, see what it is that you like, because there's so many genres of it. Um, mm-hmm. Like that's what I did. And I just kind of figured that, well, I like working with people. 
um I love fashion so I kind of like mix it all together but yeah like just give it a go and if it doesn't work like don't put pressure on yourself you know I'm at that point now yeah. where I have like <laughs> I thought oh I'm well into my career and <laughs> this is going to be it for years and even now I'm kind of sitting back going oh am I happy doing it and all that there so yeah don't put pressure on it that would be my main thing is that don't go into it and not have the experience and go this is going to be my career this is what I'm going to be really happy and this is what I'm going to invest my time in just try and take it easy like don't put pressure on yourself I love that I'm buzzing to see what comes next for you can see you doing oh. massive like impactful things oh thank you fingers crossed hopefully, hopefully <laughs> we'll get to collab sometime <laughs> I would love to yeah, it'd be amazing. Yeah, and good luck to you as well with the podcast. Thank you, Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I should hope you back. But I seen there's um, women of color. Did you go to that event? The last one of the, the first one was it? Yes, the first one. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I was. T- I've been texting the page and stuff. Like I really want to fly home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I it. on the fifteenth. I seen that. Yeah, not like next next Saturday, isn't it? Oh God, it's not next week. This the tenth. The tenth is next Tuesday, so yeah, I think it's next weekend. Yeah, that'll be next Saturday. This so, is by. I know it's mad, but no, hopefully I'll get home at Christmas for that because if there's something at Christmas, because I think that's amazing. That's happening in yeah. Belfast, like unreal. No, Stacey is absolutely amazing. She's the only set it up. I know. I was texting. I was like, "Please, my podcast." No, she's great. I'll try and persuade her. I'll try yes. and her. Yeah, that would be amazing. Well, thank you so so much for joining me. Oh, really, you. really enjoyed that. Thank you for having me. And I'm so excited to see what happens for you. Likewise, thank you so much.